Hi guys. Hey guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Stranger, the Stranger Zone. Zone. And episode 25 of a Strange Thing podcast. We are your hosts, Mike and Austin. Yeah, I'm Mike and you're Austin. Yep, not the other way around. No, and we're going to be talking about something tonight that we started many weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we hope to come to some kind of conclusion, not a permanent conclusion. Because this is a topic that we're going to continue to talk about. It's an open book. Yeah. Into into perpetuity. Oh, what's that mean? That means we're going to talk about it a lot in the future. But I we're going like to close up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to close off this chapter of Bigfoot. And uh, it, it's been a fun discussion. We've gone all over the place. Our last episode, we kind of took a little break so that we could kind of jump in around Christmas and the holidays yeah. and do a special holiday kind of thing. But now we're going to go back to our final episode in the topic of Bigfoot. Yep. I kind of feel like it's story time. It is kind of story time. I think tonight should be all about stories. Stories are the bomb. Stories are very, very good. Awesome. So who wants to tell the first story? I think you should. Okay, I'll I'll lead it off. But before we do, I wanted to to just like bring up a couple things that I I don't know if we ever really covered in, you know, our original four episodes of Bigfoot Topics. Um, one of those things is that when people see Bigfoot and if they have a weapon like a rifle or a gun or a pistol or maybe even a bow and arrow for, you know, you archery, Native American, well, Native Americans as well, because Bigfoot's been around a long time that (laughs) this is true. You're (laughs) You're very Germanic. Germanic. They have a really hard time letting loose that bullet or arrow and shooting the creature that we now call Bigfoot. Right. And part of the reason is these people talk about that it looks very human. It doesn't look like an animal. You kind of have a relationship, like empathy for it. Yeah, something about the eyes. Mm. So people will be... soul. Maybe. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a... Maybe it's a deformed human. I don't know what it is. But for whatever reason, they see the eyes and the face and they can't pull the trigger. Hmm. Or if they do, there is lots of guilt. guilt. Immediately, yeah, hmm. they, they feel like they've done something wrong. So our first story takes place in Northern California in the Plumas National Forest. Plumas? Plumas. 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 Yeah. Plumas. Plumas Forest. Amadeus. And... There's actually a movie about this. It's a documentary. It's very interesting. I'm going to put links up on our website. So if you want to check it out, it's about an hour and 20 minutes long. Um, But anyway, you'll learn all about it. I think I actually saw this. It's very, very fascinating, this story. So the story goes like this. Two friends are out in a truck and they're out hunting. Solid. Yep. The passenger has a rifle. His name is Justin. Justin with a rifle. Yeah, I think his last name is Smeja. He's out there. S-M-E-J-A, if you want to look it up. Um, But Justin and his friend are out driving through the forest, scooping up the field mice and bopping them on the head. Interesting. No, they're actually driving around in their truck. Okay. And looking for something for a game to shoot. Okay. And uh, they come around a corner and they see this creature standing out in this meadow. And they stop the truck. And it's weird because this creature appears to be about seven feet tall, maybe eight feet tall, hairy, covered in hair, and it's waving its arms in the air. Like it just don't care? I don't know. It's waving its (laughs) arms like, don't shoot me, or maybe, hey, I'm over over here. here. I don't don't know. And they stop, 
Like up above its head. Like Yeah, yeah, hmm. like up above its head. Like sounds like to get attention. Yeah, or something. It was weird. So it caught their eye. They pull over immediately. Justin, the guy in the passenger seat, grabs his rifle. I don't know what caliber it was, but it was a big hunting rifle. You know, drop a deer, drop a moose, drop an elk, something like that kind of gun. Mm -hmm. And he pulls it up and trains on it. And he's looking at it through the scope. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the uh, driver, who's kind of remained anonymous, he tried to stay out of the aftermath of this. He apparently grabbed his field glasses, his binoculars, his knockers, and he starts looking at this thing out in the meadow. Mm-hmm. And as he looks at it, the creature is kind of face on to him and waving his arms. And Justin talks about it. He says, you know, this thing looked weird. It didn't look right. Something was not right about it. Mm-hmm. And his finger was kind of doing light pressure on the trigger. It had human-like behavior. It, the way it was standing, the way it had its arms up in the air, it, bears don't do that. Maybe in the circus, I don't know, but bears in the wild, they don't do that. And his friend in the driver's seat was looking through the binoculars, and he says, he says, don't shoot it, don't shoot it. The whole time it was, don't shoot. That's, that's all it was the whole time, telling him not to shoot. It's not a good idea. And this is all, yeah, within five seconds. Something about it, the way it was standing and waving its arms, it wasn't like an animal. It wasn't like a wild animal. Animal, but not human. Yeah, it was like a human in a suit. Creepy valley. Yes, very creepy. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at it. He says that his fingers pulling a little more on the trigger, and what he noticed is that it was a solid creature. It wasn't like there was, um, you know, like saggy kind of clothing or costume. That it, it was, was actually pulled up tight against like muscle and sinew. Mm-hmm. Something was real about this thing, the, but it was like, wrong. Yeah. So there's like all these weird bells going off in their head. Mm-hmm. The driver's saying, don't shoot it. It could be a guy in a suit. We don't know what it is. And Justin said he kept looking at it. He's like, no, I, this thing is different. Something's off. Something's wrong. And so... The creature kind of turns like it's going to run away. Mm-hmm. And in a snap decision, he pulls the trigger. Right? Mm-hmm. And it drops this thing. And he says he shot it right under the armpit mm-hmm. in the rib where it would go like if you were hunting, that would be a great kill shot for an animal because it would go right into the heart mm-hmm. and uh, drop it. So this creature dropped. And it dropped, but then it wasn't dead. So it kind of all of a sudden just kind of jumped up on all fours and tried to kind of run away and it fell down again and then it was up again on two feet and then down on four and it was moving fast, running away, running out of the meadow and into the brush and into the trees. And it's a heavily forested area. And so Justin says he racked another bullet in the chamber. And just as he's getting ready to pull the trigger to drop this thing again, he says he can look through the scope and he sees like right up its butthole. And he's thinking, man, this is the perfect shot. I shoot this, it's going to go right in there. It's not going to tear up any flesh or anything or any of the meat. It's just going to... The old Texas heart shot. Yeah, it's going to take out all the organs and it's going to be dead. And they'll have it. Meanwhile, the driver says, don't, don't kill it. Don't do it. Something's something's weird with this. Don't do it. And so this creature eventually he he doesn't pull the trigger the second time and it jumps over this little hill and goes out of sight mm-hmm. into the forested area. So of course they just shot it. They knew they hit it because it fell down. And so they get out of the truck and they they make their way over there really quick and they they're really creeped out. 
Right. Um, their adrenaline's running because something was different about this. Yeah. And that's one thing really interesting about this story when you hear him tell it is that they're, this whole thing is alien to them. It's kind of got that helter skelter vibe. Maybe yeah. It's chaos. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's real. And so as they run up there to the area, and they said it was about 40 yards off of the road. So it wasn't like way far away. Mm -hmm. So as they approached the place where it was shot, there's all this, you know, mark on the ground where it would hit. And they could see footprints and and all of that kind of stuff. But they couldn't find any blood, which was really weird. Right. So they're like, what is going on? And they start following it where it disappeared over this little edge, Mm -hmm. this little knoll into the forest. And as they're walking, something catches their eye. Justin says he looks over and there is about maybe 15 yards away, two infant creatures that look like they are the children or offspring of this thing that just ran into the forest that they just shot. Infant, like baby, like coddled, like, like a child. This is, this is a little kid. This is not an animal because I mean, they look like little monkeys and you get them up close and you see their eyes and they're, they're surrounded by white and they're. It's a little kid. Sure seen that way. It was they were walking. Oh, okay. And they they could communicate with each other. They would make little kind of chirping noises to each other. And they were wandering around looking for something. Like they were looking for their parent. For their parent that just got shot. That just got shot. And so there's like this really strange, you know, situation going on. Yeah. And they're looking up at these little things, these little monkey-like creatures on two legs walking around. So they get a good look at them. Yeah, they can can see them. And they're not afraid of the people. They're looking at them, but at the same time, they're kind of like what you would expect a baby to be. They don't know enough to be afraid. Right. And so they're looking at these little creatures and looking up to see if this other creature is dead over, you know, in the, in the forested area. Um, it's just, he says, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> Eventually, Justin has this thought. I'm going to, I'm going to kill one of the, the juveniles. Yikes. I'm going to kill one and take it back with this because I want, nobody's going to believe proof. this. I need yeah. proof. This is, and he's like, I don't know if it's a monkey. I don't know what this thing is. It's not human. It's not, at least not the kind of human that I'm used to seeing. Right. So I'm just going to shoot this thing. So it attacked you. Yeah. And so he, he pulls up his rifle and there's this little infant Sasquatch or whatever it is. And he starts pulling the trigger and he, he's looking at it and he's feeling like this is wrong. Hmm. You know, he feels like he's about ready to commit murder. And the, uh, the driver is like saying, don't shoot it. Don't do it. Well, he pulls the trigger. Wow. I think hunting you harvest, uh, that was more or less murder on the little one, the big one. Uh, just is what it is. And this, this gangster, this child, this infant, whatever it was, rolls down the hill and it's on the ground and there's blood coming out and, and it's just, it, it's a horrible scene. He says it's horrific. <laughs> They're, the guilt that they describe feeling after they've they've shot this thing is is horrible. Like murdering a little kid. Yeah, basically. the The second one apparently escapes over the the mm-hmm. hill when the when the other sibling was killed. And so Justin says he's looking at it. 
he he doesn't know what to do and he could see finally that it it's not no longer breathing it starts to twitch mm-hmm. and it's dead obviously it's expired and so he he goes over and he he picks it up and he's looking at it and he says he's looking at it straight into its eyes that are dead but open and he said he just had this horrible feeling he he, he said it was a it was a living human it was human eyes staring at him Weird. And it was dripping blood on his boots. And he just could not look away from this creature that he just killed. <laughs> and he knew, he, he felt that he had committed murder. And the uh, driver was equally horrified by the whole situation. And because of what it was, and he doesn't really understand why they didn't, but they were so worried, apparently, that they had just killed somebody instead of something mm-hmm. that they decided to bury it and then come back later and with people that could look at it and see what this thing actually was weird. So they spend some time, they bury it and then they go drive home and they're traumatized when they come back later. Um, of course it's gone. Oh, of course. And I don't know for those that have any kind of background in, uh, Bigfoot stories. Bigfoots never leave their dead. That's what they say. You don't ever find a Bigfoot carcass in the forest. Mighty convenient. Yeah. So anyway, they come back and of course it's gone. But there are some some evidence that was left there. Ground disturbance. A tuft of hair from what they thought was maybe this thing. The area where they buried had been dug up and the branches they and rocks that they put on top was all strewn everywhere. <laughs> but they did find like a little scrap of hair and hide. <laughs> and so they took that. Um, he also had the blood that was on his boots. So anyway, they went back to civilization. And, uh, you know, they told a few people about this story. And it kind of got around. And so people had asked him about it. A lot of people didn't believe him. And those that did kind of believe him they were very quick to judge him for shooting this thing. You know, what if it would have been um, a person in a bear suit? Um, Why would you just shoot something like that? What kind of idiot was he for doing that kind of thing? Right. So he took a lot of heat. The uh, driver refused to go public. He had a family, he had a job. He wanted to protect all that. And so he never said anything. Okay, so... I get, you know, you need to identify your target when you're hunting. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure you know what it is. But if you can't identify it, but you can see it clearly, could you imagine if they took that logic into predator or alien? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I don't know what it is. Better not kill mm-hmm. it. So I don't blame him for taking the shot. Well, there's a there's a lot of it. And a lot of people are like, okay, I can see you shot the big one. Mm-hmm. But then why would you shoot the small one? You know, there are seasons for bears and other animals. You can't just go up and shoot everything just because it's fun. You can shoot right. varmints. But, I mean, they were breaking laws. And that's one of the reasons why they said they hit it. Because they were sure that, you know, a fishing game officer was going to come by. And they were going to be in trouble. And they didn't want to be in trouble. Right. So, that kind of stuff was in their mind. Plus, you know, and I think they really, if you listen to this guy... Um, and I've got a few clips that I've, I'm interspersing here. He feels like he really killed somebody. Crazy. He feels like he murdered somebody. <laughs> There's no way that he can justify it. He doesn't even try. Right. And people say, well, why? And he, he says, I can't even explain it. 
So after that, time goes by and then more people get involved. The people that don't necessarily believe it start asking him questions about it. And just just the way that he answers, it, it just lends itself to being more credible. Mm-hmm. And so some Bigfoot hunters and, and people that are out searching for cryptids start interviewing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes so far that they do a documentary on this whole story. In part of the interview, they actually go out into the same meadow and they have two more encounters with strange creatures out there. And they actually take some casts of prints. Something was there. Hmm. They could hear things and evidence was left behind. And they also decided to get a professional technician that's going to come out and give him a polygraph test. A polygrapher? Is that what you'd call him? Probably. I don't know. Sounds good. Comes out and she hooks him up and she asks him questions and it's supposedly 98.9% accurate. (laughs) Well, he aces it. Um, He passes every, every question that's asked with no hint of being deceptive. So that went a long way in proving that at least what he thought he did. Or he was good at flexing his butt cheeks. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Either he's really good at faking the test out or mm-hmm. something really happened and he really believes he it. He believes it. He believes it. After all of this came out and the documentary was being made, the producers of the documentary um, went and found and were actually able to interview the driver that was with Justin when he went out and shot this thing. Up until that point, everybody criticized this as a hoax because this supposed driver never was found. He didn't exist. Right. They don't release his name and they disguise him and they probably alter his voice in the documentary. But he talks about it and he basically verifies everything that Justin said. (laughs) So another researcher that kind of jumps in and uh, joins in this investigation actually slowly turns from skeptic into believer. His name is uh, Bart Catino. Catino? Yeah. And apparently his dad owned like a brewery or something. So Justin and the driver went to this place to be interviewed by Bart. Hmm. And Bart snuck around and went underneath the decking so that he could eavesdrop and listen to what they talked about when he wasn't there. Thinking that they would catch them trying to, you know, get their stories straight or whatever, you know, find some kind of deception. Now listen here, driver. When he asks you about the eyes on that little one, you tell him it was the most horrific thing he ever saw. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah, that was that kind of thing. Okay, good, good, good. But instead of that, they actually start talking about their experience. They start talking about the way that they were driving down the road and it was so weird the way it was waving its arms. They talked about, you know, when they first saw it, that they didn't know what it was. And one would say something and the other one would say, yeah, I know, it freaked me out. Anyway, they were they were talking in regular banter about a shared experience. They weren't trying to like, you know, get their stories straightened out. So they were either really well rehearsed or they had the same experience. Right. And so this Bart guy is like, hey, this is not two guys out trying to pull a fast one over anybody. They actually experienced something. So they did that along with this uh, polygraph test. And so the people that were once skeptics that have been around these guys are now like believing it. They don't necessarily think Justin is like this great guy because what he did obviously was not something that was very smart. If you're a hunter and you respect the wilderness, it's not like you go out and just randomly shoot big animals. 
Right. You use husbandry and you... Husbandry? Yeah. Animal husbandry. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think but, that's illegal in most states. <laughs> depends if you're a husband or not. <laughs> but anyway, and you can have a drink if you're playing a drinking game, as I said. <laughs> but, but anyway, they believe these guys. So as the documentary progresses, you start to see this weird a collection of people that turn from skeptics to believers and they go out and actually camp out in this meadow and in sight. And they have some encounters that are kind of weird. And uh, it kind of ends with almost uh, Justin doing this, I don't know, remorseful kind of thing saying, you know, I, I don't know what I shot. I don't know what it was. I feel guilty and I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to put links to this, uh, this documentary on there, it's it's very entertaining. I watched it at 1.5 speed because it's a little long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll learn a lot. And it kind of makes you go, huh. And the things that I take away from it are people, when they look at this thing, wrestle with whether it's a human or not. There's some kind of connection. In there. Yes. It is too human to kill comfortably. Interesting. A lot of people can't kill anything comfortably, but even hunters, seasoned hunters that are used to blood and guts and gore of the harvesting of animals. Even the guy from Jurassic Park. Yes. (laughs) The big game hunter looks into the eyes of this thing and says, huh, uh, this ain't right. Interesting. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. So that's my story. What do you got? That's my story. My story is not so Bigfoot traditional. I figured I'd open the doors a little bit. Open your brain mind. Open your mind brain, <laughs> as you would say, in the stranger, stranger zone. zone. So this story takes place in 1936 near Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Elkhorn, Wisconsin? Yep, bunch of cheeseheads. There right, is a cheese like heads. an Elkhorn, Idaho, up by Sun Valley. No, they this call is it Elkhorn. Wisconsin. It's a village where there all the rich people go, or they used to go. We should go there. Yeah, we should. Because we're so rich. <laughs> Not. <laughs> we'll go beg. So a guy named Mark... Shackleman. He was like a, just a guy kind of making ends meet. I think he had a little family. He's just taking jobs as he can. Mark in a little Shackleman. Okay. Shackleman. Mark. So, so this sounds a little suspect with a name like Shackleman. <laughs> so you're not making stuff up. So you I'm go, not. I'm just not, pulling your leg. I'm not making stuff up. This is a okay. A true story from interwebs. Okay, from the interwebs. All right, go for it. Anyway. So, he gets a night shift position as a security guard at a school. It's a Catholic school called St. Coletta School for the Exceptional Children. Hmm. St. Coletta School for Exceptional Children. That's interesting. Yeah, and it, at the time was the biggest Catholic school in the U.S. So, so it's, it's not like a school like where we went, where you drop your kid off and they go run across a playground. They live there? No, this is like... a big brick and mortar building and it's got a big yard and there's trees on their property and grass everywhere and hills it's not like a it's more like a college type like a very small college yeah. campus yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of feel okay but it's so not it had a lot of history and, yes and, and it was like built when they made things really cool and, yes and yeah. and and speaking of its history, it's kind of rumored to be made and built on Native American burial grounds. Oh, like on a... Ooh, I saw that movie. Ooh, Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, Poltergeist. So anyway, 
Mark is making his rounds as his night shift duties. Shackleman. Shackleman. Mr. Shackleman's going to shackle people down at the Mark. Catholic school. Yes. Okay. Anyway, he's making his rounds across this pretty good-sized school. The campus. Yeah, the campus. That's a good way to put it. He sees a shadowy outline kind of hunched over and digging into kind of a mound, like a hill, like a like a shadowy, hairy figure digging into this, like a dog bent over. You know how they paw through their legs? Yeah. like Their, a, their front legs kind of sweep through their back legs, and that's how they dig. Like in a yard or like a... Like on the... Like on the... The, the pit? field. Yeah. Oh. If you could look at pictures that you would see, there's it's very grassy. I, I think... A lot of Wisconsin might be that way. So we saw a hairy creature digging in the grassy knoll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I like that. All right. And he was like, maybe it's a coyote or a dog. And then his kind of clarity comes through and he's like, there's no way a coyote or a dog or even a wolf is digging. Big, big yeah. like that. He said, so it, it looks let me guess, too let me big. guess. So Shackleman is going to go shackle him. Mm, no. No. Okay. No. So. He kind of watches it for a second, and I think he maybe swept his big old security guard flashlight on it, and it stood up, and he said it was six-plus feet, and it had kind of a canine-type snout, like a elongated face with jowls. Ooh, that's a little different yeah. Bigfoot description. But it had a kind of a manly, muscular body, and very hairy, hmm. shaggy hair. Hmm. And he said it smelled like rotten flesh, which is something we keep hearing with yeah, the Bigfoot thing. Yeah, that's a Bigfoot thing. Rotten, mm-hmm. bad smell. Sulfuric, maybe. He said it growled at him, and it just ran off. And they both, I'm sure, ran off. He probably was like, <laughs> and then it ran off. And mm-hmm. Probably like a Scooby, like, and then they, gone. Either direction. He hid in like a barrel and started eating a hot dog or something. Scooby snacks. So his next shift comes around and he's like, I gotta go look around there again. So he goes back to the same place and sure enough, it's there. And the creature's there again? Yeah, the same kind of dog like thing. Beast. Mm-hmm. The beast is there. So let me, when it ran away, was it bipedal? It ran away on two legs? Yes, he okay. said it stood up on two legs. Okay. I don't know about it running away, but it stood up and looked at him at two, on with two, two legs. legs with a man. Like a humanoid body, humanoid body with a dog kind of, or canine kind of, yeah, like head. The uh, um, Egyptian, yeah, yeah, Horus or whatever, Anubis. That. Is that the Anubis? Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, god of death or whatever. Weird, weird. So on his next shift, he runs around and he not runs. I'm sure he paced himself properly. He makes his his rounds, his duties as a security guard at night, making sure you know street youths aren't making vandalism or whatever they do. And he sees it again in the same spot digging. Mm-hmm. And this time he's got a kind of a, you know, those big flashlights. He's like, maybe I'll kind of like square off with this thing. So he had a little confidence with him, I guess. And he, he had a he light, actually, so he was brave. Yeah. And he says it stands up and growls at him. And it sounds like half man, half dog, like almost like a dog impersonating a man. Weird. So let me kind ask growl. before I forget to ask. What year is this? Is this like... I, know, I said like, at the beginning, uh, 1936. N- okay, so it was before they had like a, a smartphone that they could whip out. Yeah, he couldn't just... Of. 
Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It would have been okay. an ordeal to take okay. a picture at nighttime with a 1936 yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah, it'd take a half hour to set it up. Yeah. So it, it stands up, it growls again, and he kind of squares off with it. And this time it just ran off. He didn't run. He kind of stood. He stood his ground a little bit, which I don't know. I wouldn't probably do. Maybe and where's this at again? This is in Wisconsin near Elkhorn. Wisconsin. 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 Yep. And he says it growls and it left. And he'd never seen it since. Weird. So was this reported in papers? Yep. It was reported in papers um, around that time, 1930s. Yeah. And it kind of became known as the beast of bray road that was where the yep. campus was that's kind of yeah i don't know that the campus was on those roads i google mapped it but a lot has changed since 1936, 1936 and it's kind of hard to tell where the campus is and where it was i don't know i didn't go way in depth in the geography right but this story is kind of led up to this this fictional kind of mythical creature mythical that, creature of the, what's the word like this lore in legend, the area yeah. mm-hmm. of the beast of bray road that is kind of a werewolf and it had other names like the beast of bray road the dog man the werewolf and the bigfoot you know so have there been sightings after this or there have there uh, a girl later and this is just one there's a lot of them that come mm-hmm. up if you just google the beast of bray road You'll, right it'll it. it'll come up pretty quick. Even if you just Google the the name of the school, it'll come up eventually as you're scrolling through Google. Mm. You know, yeah. But a girl uh, was driving home one night and she felt a bump on her car, so she figured she must have mm, hit a hit raccoon yeah. or a whatever. She gets out of her car and she's kind of looking around and she sees this this beasty monster down the road and it comes after her. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she ran over it as it was you know, trying to cross the road or it. Did she so hit something? It was a silhouette, you know. Was it laying in the road when she saw it? No, it was standing. Okay, so it didn't kill it. No, and okay. and it came after her. So she does the panic girl, jump in the car, kick it into gear and takes off and it actually jumps on her trunk. While she's going? While she's trying to get out, out of there. And, <laughs> and that's kind of the end of that. And that gets in the newspaper. And then there's a movie that came out in 2005 called The Beast of Bray Road. And I hear it's actually really, really good. I mean, like, hmm. The Shining doesn't even compare. It got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. But, yeah, it came up as The Beast of Bray Road. It's a movie. Uh-huh. I think it'd be fun to watch. Probably yeah. just a B-movie, horror mm-hmm. monster movie. Uh-huh. Probably a girl in, like, a semi-transparent shirt. night shirt that she's driving home. And the yeah. monster jumps okay, on okay, her Okay, 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 time out. Okay. So, looking up some of this stuff about uh, Yetis and about Bigfoot and about all of these experiences, there is a whole genre of crappy movies and books books and movies about women being ravaged by these mythical creatures of Bigfoot and it is like they're very popular. I bet I you they're all written by female authors, too. I don't know. You I don't know I, why. Why? Because you know what they say about men with big feet, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But I do know that when you go to Amazon and you look up anything. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yep. All these books come up about, I was ravaged by Bigfoot. Yep. Or I spent the night with Bigfoot. Yep. Or my romance Weird with Yeti. Or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's this whole kind of weird 
like romantic kind of creepy it is weird almost pornographic kind of well, strange. every horror movie is that way too well they have that element. even king kong yes that's true she he has to pull he's the clothes in off love with her she yeah. and he's all she's all wearing like a silky you know and she gets in the waterfall and gets all wet and then he's trying to pull her clothes <laughs> That was pretty racy for the 1930s or 50s or whenever that came out. But anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. That took us on a totally big rabbit hole. <clears throat> yeah, so that's pretty much the end of my story. Just this goofy kind of... It, it sparked a lot in that area. Mm. And there's been movies about it and stuff. Yeah, so it's... And it all came from the security guard in a Catholic school in 1936. So, okay, let's roll this back into our main topic of Bigfoot. Or even prior to that... There are all these stories of these kind of creatures. Now, this one has a different kind of face or head. Same with the one about Carolina that I think maybe we're going to talk about. I think I was going to touch on that for you. But But it's so weird that these creatures, that even though they are different in some ways, they still share a lot of the same elements, like the stinkiness. Smell. That they they go on. They're bipedal. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Obviously, the wolf face guy or whatever this creature was, Dog man. he didn't look human in the way. So his body was human. Justin probably could have popped that with no problem, no guilt whatsoever. Yeah, because if you look at me with a dog face, like, in, uh, what's that movie? Cujo? No, 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 no. The dog has the guy's face. Oh, yeah. The um, Men in Black? No. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. There. All right. I didn't see that movie. I don't watch those kind of movies. (laughs) But yeah. So you have these things that kind of turn up. They're not just like modern inventions. So this was 1930s, right? Mm -hmm. You also have the Wendigo. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the, it's, this story is very like Native American sounding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. With like this kind of more animal, half animal, half man. Mm Mm-hmm werewolf type well, growling it, and animalistic it's not like not like it howls like and it kind of has this overtone of fantastical kind of <laughs> he's a testicle. i know i did it on purpose <laughs> but yeah it has these fantastic stories of these creatures that could be supernatural mm-hmm. or they could be you know some kind of cryptid or they could they could be real, or maybe they maybe they're not real. Yeah, and those are shared through stories like like you said in Egypt. Yep. Or With in the, what did I just say? In Native Americans, yeah. uh, Anubis. Anubis. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what you make of all these things with all these different kinds of creatures that have these same kind of elements that kind of reappear. And if you think about it, there's no real reason why those same elements reappear. Right. It's, it's not, not like yeah something your brain would naturally gravitate towards yeah i'm well in a way so it's dark yeah stinky dead i mean maybe i don't know the the smell i don't know that smells are really psychosomatic or whatever but i mean like seeing something a figure in the dark Mm -hmm. it's gonna be blurry and things that are blurry tend to be hairy because they're blurry creatures shout out to blurry creatures but they, they tend to be just blurry and, and like my dog, I haven't I haven't trimmed him up. I have a Labradoodle and when he gets shaggy, he just starts looking like a, a dog-shaped thing. He doesn't look like a Labradoodle. He just looks like a dog-shaped thing. He's all mangy and his jowls are longer. So in the dark, when you can't see, you yeah. probably are taking something that could have just been 
a tree. Well, I do know that Duke can jump up on you. And his, when he kind of jumps up and he stands on his hind legs, his head is about my head level. He's about my height. He's pretty tall, yeah. He's pretty tall. So if you train Duke to walk on his hind legs legs. and walk around, I mean, that could freak you out. So I could see that happening. And I have heard stories of bears that have maybe like um, Mm -hmm. like got their paw hurt or they they fell hard. Or they have the mange, so they lose some of their hair on their body. That too. But the, the thing I'm thinking of, there's something about bears where they won't walk on their front legs. And some bears actually get trained because of their oh. situation, like maybe a bear trap got them. They're missing a paw, so they have to walk on three, which hurts their mm. left arm or whatever their arm. So they just walk. So they their, walk on their, their hind legs. legs kind of more naturally. So it could be something like that. Yeah, that could be. But I don't know Wisconsin's um, bear population. Bear population. Yeah. I'd imagine. I don't know. Maybe they like cheese. Bears yeah, maybe bear like cheese. cheese. They could have migrated from Canada. Canada. Come down to eat the cheese. Hey, you know, we're coming you down know. here from up north and uh, we're we're wanting to share some cheese with you all. What's your favorite Shuffle. kind of cheese, Mr. Bear? Cheddar. I like Cheddar. cheese whiz. Cheese whiz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my story. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I, I thought it was like kind of cool because they, they mention it as a Bigfoot creature, but it's also, you know, a werewolf, mm-hmm. which kind of makes you think like, well, werewolves and and all other kind of uh, yeah. you know, half human. We need to get in that. We should do that episode. I don't know if we'll do it next or not, but that would be a fun series. Do werewolves and vampires. And those kind of things that are more... The TV monsters. Yeah, TV monsters and kind of their history. Creature of the Black Lagoon. Ooh, yeah. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I've got another story. Um, It's not going to be a very exciting one. I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. Okay. So this story is about one of my favorite actors. Have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? You want the moon? I'll throw a rational around it and pull it down for you. Yeah. that movie? What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And that actor, Mary, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, fresh. James Stewart, right? <laughs> so he's well known for many, many things. But not many people know, unless you're kind of like a Bigfoot kind of fan, mm-hmm. that Jimmy Stewart is said to have smuggled in his wife's lingerie bag. Nice. A finger. From a Yeti. Whoa, that's yeah. weird. So this is kind of a cool story. So way back in like the early 1900s, mm-hmm. there was like this fever pitch of fascination about a Yeti in mm-hmm. the Himalayas, in Nepal. Okay. And so there were a lot of expeditions and wealthy people were like going over there and they were trying to find this creature. So apparently there was a mountain climber that was very famous at the time, had gone over and had seen this footprint in the snow. And the Sherpa guides had said, hey, that's this creature. And I don't remember the name of what they actually called it. But the guy thought, hey, we're going to find this thing. They looked, they couldn't find it. And then a journalist accidentally um, kind of juxtaposed the words that the Sherpa used. And instead of saying that this is like a stinky snow person, he came out with the word abominable and it became the abominable snowman. Um, is that the origin of that? Yeah. So that's kind of how that happened. So it was a journalistic mistake or maybe it was purposeful because it would sell more papers. Yeah. But so the, and it's uh, easier to write than right. stinky snow mm-hmm. monster. Right. <laughs> and so people were out to find this thing. So, like in the 1950s, I think it was 1957, this uh, 
oil baron from the United States, this guy who has made all kind of money in oil, mm-hmm. he makes an expedition to Nepal to find this mythical creature, the Yeti, and or the abominable snowman. And he doesn't find it, but he hears about this monastery. And the history of this monastery is that they had both a hand and the skull of a Yeti oh. as a shrine in their monastery. <laughs> and so people went and looked for it. And uh, somehow they arranged with some people that were there looking for a Yeti who were in the employ of this Tom Slick, this oil baron. Tom Slick yep. makes oil. He's a slick dude. What a good yeah. name for an oil person. Well, it's also a good name for somebody who's in the snow-covered regions looking for yeah. Bigfoot. That's true. Well, Yeti. I imagine him from Texas. I'm sure he was slipping and sliding all over because he was slick. Slick. But Mr. anyway. Name's Slick, Mr. Slick. Good old slick <laughs> materials like snow and oil. Snow and oil. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like totally paraphrasing this, and I didn't take the time to write down the names of all the individuals, mm. but- This is available. Just Google it. You'll find all kinds of information. So anyway, these guys go and they make a deal with the monks at this monastery. And for what's the equivalent of uh, probably 160 bucks, they donate money to the monastery for one finger of this Yeti hand (laughs) that's supposedly in the shrine at the monastery. Right. Now, 160 bucks doesn't sound like much. But inflation and stuff. Well, and also in Nepal at that oh, time, yeah. you know, a year's wages was like 15 bucks. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's a big deal, right? Plus, what's a finger yeah. to a monk? He's like, well, I'll lose a finger for 150 They're bucks. just saying, I'll give you the finger. Yeah, there you go. But so they. In Gregorian chant, though. Yeah, I'll give you the no, finger. Oh, I'll <laughs> give you a finger. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) So they end up purchasing this digit. Now, big problem. (laughs) All right. Smuggling antiquities out of any country is a big deal. Especially monk body parts. Well, out of of (laughs) Nepal, out of the Himalayas, out of Egypt. I mean, it was a racket. So in the world, they really clamped down on these collectors trying to, you know, grab and buy these artifacts and smuggle them out of the country because it's part of the heritage of the country that, that they're in. Right. So they had all these customs requirements. So how are we going to get this thing out? We got, th- we got the Yeti finger, but somehow we've got to get it out of the country. <laughs> so these two guys that made the purchase apparently smuggled it out of Nepal into India. And Jimmy Stewart and his wife were in India at that time <laughs> filming something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were on vacation. Doing something and, in India. Yeah. And they knew this oil baron. Slick. And they basically come up with a plan that they're going to smuggle this thing back to the United States for Tom Slick. And the way they're going to do it, because they know that no respectable man would ever go through a woman's lingerie bag. (laughs) Actually, it was a lingerie case back then. Put the finger in Jimmy Stewart's wife's (laughs) lingerie lingerie case. Wow. And... It worked. They hey, were, baby. They were. You want the you want the finger? <laughs> well, pull your panties down. And oh, throw it in your bag for me. That's so horrible. <laughs> yeah, but that's basically what they did. So they get it back to the United States, and uh, there is actually a story that the concierge of the hotel that they're staying in back in the United States comes in with her luggage, and 
all the other luggage had been opened and gone through Mm -hmm. when they went through customs. And when they brought in her little lingerie case, um, she noticed that it was still locked and it hadn't been opened. The seal was still intact. And so she even asked the concierge, well, you know, how come this one wasn't? And the concierge supposedly said something like, oh, ma'am, no respectable man would ever go through a woman's lingerie case. (laughs) That's funny. So anyway, the uh, finger got to the United States. And then apparently they actually did DNA testing on this thing. And they believe that it actually came from like some kind of bear, um, possibly a polar bear. And another interesting facet of this is that when they took the finger, they actually had smuggled in a human finger to replace it so that other monks would not know that a finger had been taken. Oh, so they were like a shifty monk. Yeah, they were a shifty finger. They took this human finger and smuggled it into the (laughs) monastery and replaced it so that the other monks wouldn't know. Mr. Slick comes in. He's like, hey. How much for that finger? You know, and the monk's like, well, no, we can't sell it. And then he leaves. He's like, dang, I really wanted that finger. And the one monk was like, Psst. <laughs> here, here, I'll make you a deal. He like, pulls open his monk robe. <laughs> He's I got a finger. It is weird. I, I don't know. But, you know, to kind of close this story out. So apparently, not too long ago, the finger was actually returned to this monastery. <laughs> After they did the DNA testing, they actually took it back and gave it back to the monastery. And that's where it resides today. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's a great story. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, we hadn't talked much about Yetis. We could, there's like a really fascinating history. We could do a whole series on Mm -hmm. Yetis because, I mean, the way that they were found and Alexander the Great and there are all these things. They're almost a different beast too, kind of. Almost, but kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, the one story that I love, and maybe I'll just highlight it here, is that the origination of humankind happened when a rock ogre, ogress, because it was a female ogre, has sex with a monkey. And they have offspring of these ogre monkeys that eventually evolve into humanity. And then the ones that didn't evolve that direction turn into the yetis. And that's actually a a kind of a Sherpa folklore. Interesting. Yeah, very weird. Anyway. Like a rock lady and a monkey just making people. You got to watch out for those rock ogresses. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> nice rock. Don't rock. rock you all night long. Rock on. <laughs> rock on. <laughs> this is full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so this story isn't really directly Bigfoot related. Again. Okay. Like my previous story. Well, werewolves and, and stuff. Yeah, is hairy kind of, monsters. Yeah, hairy monsters, bipedal. This yeah. is more um left open for the imagination. Okay. Can't wait. Now... Again, I must ask, this is not this a made-up tr- story. This is a true story as far as I know. I've, I've read it. I've heard it more than one time. See, you tell lies. It's like the sky <laughs> is falling. I, it's like, hard uh, to trust you after Boy that. who cried werewolf. Werewolf. Mm. Okay, go. Okay. So, this takes place in Russia, the motherland. Russia. Yes. And uh, it's a group of college students. I want to say there's seven or eight of them. I haven't counted the number of students. And what year is this? Like 1959. Okay. So, um, like exploring and adventuring and kind of like going through these like different passes and and Mm. making their, you know, like climbing the Himalayas is like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or making it to this summit is a thing. 
it was kind of like a, a goal to make it to all these different right um, so know, this, like this is before the cold war i don't know yeah this i don't know cold when war the cold came war after this okay what is that mexican accent for that was not mexican <laughs> it was russian <laughs> Anyway, Why are you rushing to judge me? Anyway? So these uh, college students are uh, pretty experienced in climbing and in like faring the elements, you know, like faring. Is that a word? <laughs> That's the word I'm trying to think of. I thought you were going to talk about, oh, this is about fairies. Yeah, sure. Faring. Faring. Yeah. How are you faring? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, faring I don't thought that was right. Yeah, you laughed and then I second guessed well, myself. No, it was just not a normal word, but yeah, I like it. A good, It's a good adjective. <laughs> they they were used to being out there and dealing with cold, harsh winters. That was a verb, by the way. Not a, you're, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or I a have part the of names. a motorcycle, which would make it a noun. And I would... Uh, what are you rambling on about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be you. Oh, you know, you I don't know how you always this much. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> anyway, college students, very experienced in climbing and hiking and being in the snow and dealing with elements and mm -hmm. faring. And they're from Russia. And this is near Northern Urals. U-R-A-L-S, Russia. I don't know where that's Sure, Urals. Urals. Northern like. of regular Urals. I think it would say Urals. 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 I don't know. Yes. Okay. So they're going to go on this trip through a pass. At the mm. time, I don't know that it was named necessarily, so but it you, becomes uh, to be known as Dyatlov Pass. Okay, so it's a pass like a mountain pass. Yes. Okay. And there's uh, some native peoples, I think, that live up there, but... They're not really that high typically, and it's kind of a like a no man's land. And I think the actual um, mountain that they're kind of going through or across is called like Death Mountain hmm. or something based the because there's no trees. It's just kind of dead. It's a big frozen rock. Yep. Okay. So there's... Yeah. <laughs> but there's Igor Dyatlov. He's kind of the, the leader of this group of college students that are going to make Igor. their way. Igor. Yeah. I like Igor. There's Zenaida. Let's call him Zen. Zen. I think it's a female. Oh, okay. Call Zenaida. Her Zen. 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 Luid. I mean, I'm, I feel bad because yeah, just just call her Zen. Yeah. And it's, then there's it's a cool pet name. She sounds hot. Lia Leodmila. <laughs> Leodmila. Alexander got that one. Is Leodmila a a female? I want to say it's a female. Okay. We'll call her Leah. Alexander. Alexander. Rustim. Rusty. We'll call him Rusty. Rusty. Yep. Yuri. Yuri. Yuri with a K for the last name. And then there's Yuri with a D for the last name. Eureka and Yurida. Yep. And then there's Nikolai. 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 Like Nikola. That. Nikolai. Okay. And then there is um, Simeon. Simi. Simeon, but he gets sick. He doesn't go on the full trip. Okay, Simi, which is semi in out, the story. Yeah, okay, semi gotcha. in the story. Yeah, so okay, it plays gotcha. out pretty good okay, for him. Okay, okay, okay. So they go through Russia. They got to go, you know, they're going to meet at this bus stop and then they're going to take this transit to this place. They're going to stay here and then they're going to work their way up the mountain and then they're going to cross country and snowshoe and get. You know, they have like a little Yeah, they got a plan. They got a strategy. They got They're a, not a idiots. schedule. They're very well planned. I do know that one of them had been working on a stove system for their tent. 
To keep him warm. To keep him warm. And it was kind of a prototype, but it was supposed mm-hmm. to be more efficient. And he was kind of, you know, anybody working on a stove isn't uh, ignoramus in the mountains, you know. He's well, just, he's he's a guy. He's working. He's probably depends testing Depends on stuff. how good the stove is. Yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, they make it up into the mountains. Buses. Semi. Gets semi into the trip and kind of gets sick. Goes home. Doesn't make it So, through. Simeon bails out. Yeah. He is not going to go. I have he, a feeling he's the only one that's going to survive. Yeah, he makes it. <gasps> so, he gets up into Spoiler the mountains. Alert. So, there is... What did I say? The Mountain of Dead. One, two, the three, de- mountain four, of the five, dead. five, six, seven, eight. Minus Simeon, which would believe you well, seven. Well, I didn't count Simeon. Oh, so there's eight more. Yep. So, okay. there's, there's eight people that go up into the mountains mm-hmm. in Russia, which yeah. is... You know, you hear the jokes like... In Russia, you don't play poker. Poker plays you. I don't know. They have like all those jokes because Russia's tough environment. Right, yeah. Especially in the mountains. It's very hostile. So they get Cold. up there. They set up their tents. They, they've got some journals and stuff that you can read. And if you Google it, you can get a lot more information. Okay. Um, one night, middle of the night, something scares them. Like they're in their tent? Mm-hmm. They're in a tent, like a big... Like A-frame type tent with this with heater, stove and the everything stove going. that this guy created. Okay, but something scares them so bad that instead of going out the front door, they they have to cut their way out of the tent with a knife. Like they, something they, was they, blocking the front door. They tear their way through the back of the tent or the sidewall of the tent mm, to get out. Weird. And they don't put on snowshoes and they don't put on jackets and they don't put on you know good insulated pants. They're in skivvies. And loafers, felt loafers, and they're in the mountains, negative degree temperatures. Mm-hmm. And they leave their tent for some reason. They tear, they tear through the tent and run off into the... Into the snow, in the middle of the night. So run off into the middle of the night in the snow and the cold. Yep. Which, you do that, you will die. That's a given. Unless yeah, you can freeze. come back in and warm mm-hmm. up, you're going to die. If you shred the tent, though, that's not even possible. Yeah, they'd have that's to not- repair the tent to stay warm yeah but something scared them out of that tent right uh-huh. so they never come back the parents are worried everybody's worried officials are worried so they send people up there to like, find them like a week later or something yeah okay after their return is supposed to happen and their check-ins they're just they're not hearing anything from these people and they're gone and their loved ones are worried so they send people up to look mm. for them and they find them. They were they were quite a ways away. They kind of went down into a little valley. And after they ran out of the tent, they ran out of the tent. They went down into the valley. They left the tent completely abandoned, with a tear in the side. And uh, it looks like some of them started to try to make a fire, or made a, maybe made a small fire. Um, and other ones had kind of dispersed, going a different direction. Some of them seemed like they tried to make a way back a little bit. But the, the frigid temperatures with no insulation, you're going you're you're gonna to freeze to fast. Yeah, hypothermia. And that's not the weird thing that they died, but they had some blunt force trauma. One of them had his skull crushed in. Their chests were crushed in. Um, they were able to tell based on kind of the autopsy that they had eaten shortly before leaving. So it wasn't like they were just... I don't that's know, so out, out on their own because their tent had been ripped and was blowing over. They had eaten... They had been fine about eight to six hours before leaving their tent because of the way that, you know, autopsies work. I'm not, you know. Yeah. But uh, they were able to tell that the injuries that were made could not have been made by a human because of the force it would take. You'd have to really have some leverage or some strength or some weight 
You have to have one of those things. How many people had the, this kind of damage? Was it like all of them or just a, a few of them or one of them? I want to say that uh, three of them had pretty bad blunt force trauma to their chest or their head, which is pretty specific. It's not like you can fall, you know, and, and collapse your chest. It's like somebody had so they were like down beat with beat them with a like a beat branch or, or clubbed or swatted or something or limb or something. And then. Um, Another one had a fractured skull and their tongue was removed. Tongue so was three gone? of them had very severe and and you know the tongue being gone thing you can maybe say well what bear came through and the soft tissue. Yeah. I don't know. The rest of them died from hypothermia and they had looked like maybe they they tried to start a fire. They were trying to kind of like regroup. There's probably some chaos going on. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They did some tests on the bodies, like I said, and they found some radiation, like abnormally high radiation on the people. Weird. Which kind of led to some conspiracies about maybe nuclear testing or something. Mm. Um, I'd heard a rumor or I've read rumors about maybe the treetops were burned, like something had come through there, like a missile or a UFO or something. Weird. But one thing that stuck out that made me really kind of like pause and reread the whole thing was that one of the only noticeable footprints that they could find was an abnormally large humanoid footprint coming Crazy. from the tent into the, the, the death of these people. And unfortunately, seven people died. Yeah. Or well, eight. You know, I was wondering how you're going to turn this back to a Bigfoot story mm-hmm. because I'm like, wait a minute. But they're in, like the, they're in the high mountains of Russia. Mm-hmm. Something scares them out of their tent, chases them down, potentially beats them, three of them, to, to death. death with abnormally and all the rest brute freeze. strength. And one of the rest freeze. Eaten her one of their out. tongues is ripped out. Probably the mouthy one. And the only like real trail that I could find, you know, like Wikipedia and little articles I can find online. I I didn't rent a book from the library or No, yeah. But the stuff that I can find, the only real abnormal explanation they have is burnt trees, high radiation, and giant footprints. Giant footprint. Which brings in aliens. Yeah. Testing, radiology, all that stuff. and All things that we've talked about before <laughs> that always kind of seem yep. to marry up with all the weird topics that we And what about. a better group of people to pick than a tent full of... Young, young college students students in the mountains to make your weird alien tests on. So my first thought was on this thing was, okay, got college students, got co-eds going up in the mountains (laughs) in a tent with a special kind of stove, maybe with some special kind of plant. That you burn in the stove. <laughs> that you burn in the stove. Or, you know, you think about what kind of drugs, if they were psychedelics. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the 50s, right? So, it's right before the 60s. So, 60s, people are doing LSD and yeah. all kinds of psychedelics. I mean, I could They're see... Tripping. But you've also got that whole history of, like, the Germans and stuff that were developing these mind-altering... Yeah, kind yeah. of hallucinogenics and LSD so that they could try to, you know get people's minds to work differently it's almost like maybe they had like a mass hysteria event mm-hmm. maybe they all shared a trip and like something they freaked out and they ran off you know they didn't feel the cold right away right it doesn't explain the blunt force trauma right and and they tried to rationalize that maybe there was a it uh, fell off a cliff or- it fell off a cliff tried to climb a tree to get drier mm-hmm. temper or something mm-hmm. you know to make a fire 
Um, a lot of them, you know, you can justify their clothes being gone because of hypothermia. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a process of hypothermia yeah, where you actually start taking your clothes off. off. You think you're hot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, well, maybe the native people in that area had come and attacked them. Oh. But they said that, I mean, like to crush somebody's chest or skull takes a lot of force. It's not like you're going to do that with a stick. You know, you get, you get maybe kicked by a horse or something, but you're not going to yeah. take a horse up there. Yeah, uh, that's it's really then, weird. That was really weird. And then uh, some of the other theories um, is maybe like kind of internal strife between everybody. You know, there's three girls and five guys and then, Lovers and then this guy and that guy. And, and yeah. I think the, the leader, Dyatlov, was actually like a martial arts huh? kind of guy. And maybe he was... Okay, so this guy scared everybody out of a tent, beat the crap out of them, and then didn't come back and warm up. He chased him out there in his underwear and died. You know, it well, seems you could, weird. You could think of scenarios where, like, one guy goes nuts. Yeah. You know, and has a machete. You got a, Martial uh, arts skills or a knife, yeah. and he's going to, like, get you. And so people just freak out and run whatever direction they have, mm-hmm. or the guy freaks out and starts cutting the tent up, so they run away. Another you know. Another theory is maybe the stove had burned the tent and caught the tent on fire and then they cut their way out because they couldn't get out the front but was the tent burnt that's the weird part of that theory is it's not like the tent's Mm. burnt it's not like you see that and then and then they have a third explanation where the uh carbon monoxide or something could be maybe not with a wood stove so much it would be smoky and then the people mm-hmm. would, i mean they could but die, it could but displace oxygen their, it could but you think they'd open a door if they're rational enough to cut their way out they'd open the door right hmm. draft their way another thing i've heard about this whole scenario that went down this incident is uh infrasound infrasound which, infrasound which is like a certain tone or the way the wavelengths line up in in sound that cause anxiety and like those stupid alarm clocks that go off it's like i don't know about that i think that's a like a conditioned response that you're no but they actually design those to be like abrasive and irritating i mean mean, some of them like like, my google alarm clock goes off and it's very pleasant just kind of like little chimes but that thing is so it's like fingernails on a chalkboard (laughs) i think those are subconscious conditioned responses this is like a thing where you could take a african child who had never heard music or anything in his life it would still impact and you could play this extremely low noise Mm. and he wouldn't even hear it it wouldn't register but it would start to make him feel anxious and Uh, uncomfortable and people he would start hallucinating maybe that there's something in the corner of his eye okay so tie that into harp which is that big kind of low frequency weather uh, experiment up in Alaska or Mm -hmm. somewhere. And they say that it can like generate those kind of, and actually uh, change the people's mindset or actually like affect their attitudes and, and mental state. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I can see that. And that's, that's another theory. And they, in this particular theory, they think it might be because the way the two draws of the Canyon Mm -hmm. or these two valleys or whatever, Actually, the air pressure is changing and causing this. So it can naturally create that kind of effect. Yeah. That somehow. Weird. So that seems like a stretch to me. And maybe the government was testing some weapon on some college students yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But the big footprints really stick with you at the yeah, end. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, you read through all these articles and then it's like, and then they saw these big footprints. 
And you're like, <gasps> what was it? Was no. it? Well, it could have been one of those giant Siberian bears or even like a giant uh, Siberian bears. Well, yeah, they call those Bengal bears. Bengal. <laughs> Bengal, Bengal bear. Bengal polar bear. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of bears up there mm-hmm. and they're huge. I don't know if you call them grizzlies, but in Siberia and those kind of places, I mean, there are bears and they kill people. Right. They eat them, you know. And, and maybe a bear wandered in there. It's possible. That would explain the eaten tongue. And the shredded and the, they tent. You know, stomping on a chest or a head or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. everybody else ran away, got mm-hmm. away, and froze. Froze. It's possible, but. Mm. I like the bear thing. The footprint, though, doesn't yeah. quite fit with a bear. Kind of yeah. does. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, Cinderella and her slipper. It's like the if bear the foot fits. doesn't quite fit the humanoid foot. I mean, they're similar. Well, you look at a barefoot; they're almost square. It's true. They're 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 about as wide as they are long. Yeah. You look at a human foot; they're much longer than they are wide. Which reminds me, unless you're like a weirdo. In this documentary I watched about Justin and the uh, Bigfoot that he shot, mm-hmm. they take casts of these footprints, and they're very wide, but they also have toes, which is really weird. So they they kind of look like bear prints but they're very human but they're like block wedgy kind of footprints. Oh, they're not like long they're no. they're like a shrunk version they're not like hobbit they're really feet, long they're like... but they're really wide at the same hmm. time interesting yeah like and, a snowshoe yeah kind of well kind of yeah and you know it's weird i've seen people with that type of footprint you remember oh, okay. when like you're at a pool or whatever and you jump out and your your wet footprint is on the concrete and yours has like a high arch or whatever. Yeah. And then you see the person that's got a flat Super foot. Super flat And it footed. looks like a, like yeah, a just pancake splat. just yeah. on there. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Bigfoot maybe has arch problems. I don't oh, know. You look at the typical Bigfoot things and they're long humanoid feet, but they're long. They're, they're just bigger Very, versions, yep. you know. Yeah, I've also heard that people that say that these feet are like hinged differently than human feet. Mm-hmm. Right. So but, they have like an extra hinge in the middle. Yeah, like an extra hinge, which helps them like, you know, move quickly up or downhill. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like monkeys, kind of like your hands. They're more like your hand structure. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You so can move you, your toes, your or your fingers, and then your knuckles, and then mm-hmm. your wrist, and you can kind of like reach around. Mm-hmm. We're what both they, waving our hands around I know. Like weirdos yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Long story short, I think it's all weird. It is all weird. This whole Bigfoot thing has been really fun, but it's been really weird. So that reminds me of a story, and we had talked about it kind of off mic and maybe mentioned it earlier, about uh, the North Carolina lizard man. Lizard man, or yeah. He, he's another one of these things that kind of fits in the bipedal cryptid, yeah. but doesn't quite line up exactly right with Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Exactly. In that story of the girl running over the the thing in the road and having to pull over to see. In Wisconsin. Yeah, in yeah. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. This takes place in North Carolina where they have less cheese. <laughs> and But it's still pretty cheesy. a young boy, he's making his way home and he gets a flat. On a road. He's On driving a, road. a car. If I remember correctly. We talked about this and I had looked it up and we... We'd gone back and forth about it a couple times, but if I remember right, he got a flat tire and he's getting out to swap the tire over, uh-huh. and uh, maybe he's hears something behind him or he's he almost done. Smells right? a he's, foul he's... stench and he's getting wrapped up, and he can hear this thing just coming Ears up behind him, like running. Like... So he turns around and there's this thing, 
kind of with a scaly, grimy body, but also with hair, which is so weird. He's finished putting the spare tire on. I believe so. Or close yeah. to it. Maybe if he's got three lug nuts yeah. on out of the six. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and the, he gets chased by this monster and has to get back in his car. So very similar stories about similar creatures where they're not typical Bigfoots. Yeah. Big feet. Big feet. Big whatever foots, it is. Big yeah. five. Moose, meeson, mice, meeson, whatever. The moose in and the wood <laughs> is in it. <laughs> yeah, it's in it. Yeah, what is that? Brian Regan? Regan. Anyway, yeah, very similar situation where it's not the same animal necessarily that we hear about in Native American or, you know, where we live, but it's kind of similar and it smells yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of those it, telltale. But in this of, time, it attacks, mm-hmm. much like the girl in Wisconsin. So he gets back in his truck. This thing attacks. It jumps on his vehicle, if I remember I right. I think, yeah. Doesn't think, it like beat the crap out of his I think it does a little bit of damage, and he actually reports it to the police. And that's why this story yeah. is kind of like, well, no. it came out. Yeah. Yep. So this thing beats up his car. He escapes. But this lizard creature... It had like what scales instead of hair or was it hairy or see that's where i'm kind of confused because they talk about it being hairy and then they kind of talk about it being feathered and then they kind of talk about it being like lizard you know they say that scales turn into feathers and feathers turn into hair maybe it's like it looks like scales but it moves into like a hair maybe yeah you know, like gorillas or maybe it's really leathery, mangy mangy yeah and maybe he's got uh, plaque psoriasis like I do <laughs> and it looks like he's got scales but he doesn't I think he had uh, big claws and stuff. yeah yeah that's what I thought he had more instead of like the big foot he had more like triple digit toes yeah three fingers that's right we talked about yeah, that yeah yeah so it was more like he had lizard feet mm-hmm. or like chicken feet or bird feet yeah. than, than like big feet and as you can see <laughs> Based on this, we could just talk about a whole episode of Lizard of North Carolina. Yeah. The or we could man. talk about, you know, the any yeah. of these stories we've talked about. We could probably do a full episode. Uh, I just, I love these stories. I mean, who knows what is really real and what's imagined and what people are just lying about and making up. But they're fun. I do love those ones where, like, the guy, it's, like, always on, like, History Channel oh, or yeah. National Geographic. And they're, like... Randall was alone at home one night. Yeah. And he's like, I was home alone one night. And then they're like, and he saw something terrifying. And I was like, go now, Gardner, get, get now, get, get. <laughs> and then they're like, the monster ran away. <laughs> Not true. for that monster. That him is so true. Get, and him is you got to get out of my party. I'll go get my shotgun. And if I happen to. And then they're like. He never saw the monster again. again. And then they do like a whole series of television shows about this guy who I had know. like, and they I make heard a-, a story about a guy who knew a guy who went fishing one time and then I saw a Sasquatch. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's dumb. And then they make these reenactment clips. Oh my God. Where dra- <laughs> dramatization, you know, and they make them really scary. Yep. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you're looking for, and you're waiting for the truth to come out. And then they end it and it never happens. They make them scary, but they're like those B movies we were talking yeah. about where there's a girl and she's like, gee golly whiz, I don't know, Timmy. We best go back inside <laughs> before we catch us off a sniffle. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, baby girl, we're going to make it. And then, and then there's like a, and then there's like a ah, 
<laughs> and then they run inside. Run. <laughs> and then the shaky cameras, they run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, <laughs> which, you know, I got to say, so that story I told about Justin Smeja. Yeah. Um, that actually was on Nat Geo on National oh, Geographic. It? Yeah. So if you get on YouTube, you can look that up. And it's just so, I don't know. You know, people jump on the bandwagon and we're telling the stories over and over again. So I guess we're kind of doing the same thing. Right. But they are fascinating. They're fun to look at. They pass the time. And with all the crap going on in the world right now, it's kind of nice to have something to divert yeah. your focus on. Yeah. And uh, forget about some of those things and think about things that are really important, like Bigfoot. Big, big feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, Austin, you know, it's been fun. I think maybe we should just like close this out, put this whole chapter to bed. Maybe we'll resurrect it in the near future. I think we should do some touch-offs because there's a lot of stuff we weren't able to do, but we wanted to do. So we've been doing this a little over a year. And I've got updates on our initial kickoff, which was cattle mutilations. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on with cattle mutilations. We've got more paranormal stuff that have happened that we could share I mean, it's like we don't have enough time to do all the possibilities of all the strange things that are going on. Right. But, you know, we're just going to keep plodding away. I hope you guys are having fun. Please, if you get the chance, go online, leave us a review, like us on your favorite listening app. Follow. Follow us on friend, Facebook. We've got a Facebook group that's really fun. People are posting stuff about strange things that they encounter. You want to hear my most recent strange thing? Yes, please. I was uh, going to a fast food restaurant that will remain nameless. Anonymous. Anonymous. Okay. So I was going through this fast food place. Drive through? And, yeah. Drive through. Okay. And I'm looking at their sign and there's a sandwich on there. It looks really good. Mm. It's got stuff on it that I like. Mm. Onions. Yum. Jalapenos. Yum. You know, all the digs. You're making me hungry. And, well, this is about to turn you off from that hungry. Because it... There's like this sauce on there. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Like some kind of mustard a special thing. sauce. And it says with an arrow on it, mystery sauce. Oh, no. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Not doing the mystery sauce. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, I've coughed up some mystery sauce every yeah, last while. No bueno. Yeah. Don't ask Bill Clinton about the mystery sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Sorry, Clinton. I'm not gonna go there. Bill Clinton. How do you do, Bill Clinton? <laughs> I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> I did not. Nope. Oh, I think we need to wrap this puppy up. Yep. Wrap yep. these big feet. Yeah. Wrap these big feet up in some suckies. And join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversations. Absolutely. Taters. Taters. Taters.